You know that's the sound of another sale on your online Shopify store. But did you know Shopify powers selling in person too? That's right. Shopify is the sound of selling everywhere. Online, in store, on social media, and beyond. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in-line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash crimes, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash crimes to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash crimes. When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Good morning, and thanks for joining me for Rise in Crime, your morning caffeine hit all about crime. So several of you have requested an update to the case out of Ohio, where a father calmly executed his three sons while his wife and stepdaughter watched. Okay, this is a true crime news podcast. The cases are always tender and shocking, but this one is incredibly shocking, and I'm giving you that heads up before you listen. All right, this story is out of rural Ohio, and it's in a country setting. There's no sidewalks. The distance between the houses is is kind of larger than like a regular neighborhood. There's lush green ground cover. And a week and a half ago, 32-year-old Chad Dorman took a legally obtained rifle, and he shot his four-year-old named Hunter inside their small gray home. And reports indicate that Hunter was shot two times in the head, causing his death. Now, his seven-year-old child, Clayton, well, he was old enough to know what was happening, and he fled the residence. He ran away, and he got about 300 feet from the home into the field that's next to the house, and his father shot him from behind. And Dorman, he then pulled the injured child back into the yard 
and shot him in the head twice. Now, at this point, he ripped the three-year-old named Chase from the arms of his mother, and he shot him in the head at close range in the front yard. And the boy's mother, whose name has not been released, well, she was shot in the hand by Dorman while he was trying to protect his sons. And the boy's mother has a teen daughter named Alexis from a previous relationship. And Alexis was home at the time of the killings. But she was able to run down the road away from her stepfather and flag a car down to call 911. Here, we'll just go ahead and play that 911 recording. 911, where's your emergency? Um, I am, I'm, uh, there's a girl uh, running down the street her stepfather is killing everyone in her family. Um, it's on the corner of uh, where there's a body shop in the fire department. Do you know what road this is? Okay, what's your name? Give me into the fire department. What's your name? My, do you know what road this is? Laura Lindell Road. what? It's Laura Lindell Road. Okay, and what did the female say to you? And she says that her stepfather is killing everybody in her house. I did. I'm call, I'm on the phone with them right now. Did you say how or what was happening? I asked her, I asked her to get in the car with me and she said she couldn't leave her family. But she I think she ran to the fire department. So she went to the fire station. What did she look like? She's a, a she, she's probably a young teenager, probably like 15, uh, 16 maybe with long blonde hair. Um and she, she, she has a black baby? dog. Did she say anything about a baby? I, I don't know about no baby. She said she just couldn't leave her family. But I see a car running around. I'm sorry? Do you see anything from the house? All I, I Well, so I drove down the road a little bit, so I was afraid that I was going to get shot myself since I interacted with her face-to-face. Um, so I, I'm just about, like, uh, maybe three houses down. Um, but she's like waiting at the corner. I don't know what she's doing, but I kind of still see her in the corner. But I saw a car kind of came around and whipped around. So I'm not exactly sure if that's him or, or, or if he's chasing her or not. I'm what, sorry. What kind of vehicle was it? Um, I, I saw it. It was like a gray. Did you see that car whip around? It's one of the fire department guys. I, 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 okay. I think maybe a fire department guy. I, it was a regular kind of focus-looking gray car. Okay, we have help on the way. Thank you. Dark so gray. Okay. All right. Else, call us back, okay, and steer clear of the area at this time. Okay. Now, as police arrived on the scene, Darman was found calmly sitting on the front step of the home with his rifle laying beside him, his dead toddler in the front yard, really about four to five feet from him. And the mother of the three boys, well, she's inside the home. And police have released the body cam footage. And it's nothing short of stunning how calm Dorman is during the rest. Let me play some portions of that body cam footage. Stand up! Stand up! Stand up! Stand up now! Stand up! Stand the fuck up! Get your hands out of here. Send the air. 
inside the house? What? You the only one else inside yeah, the house? Yeah, yeah. Sit down right uh, here. My, my daughter, she ran over to the fire department. Sit down. Uh, it's my stepdaughter. Put him in the cage. This is look. Can you get the wallet out of my back pocket? Shut up, dude. Yeah, the right to the main side was fucking easy. Now you can hear in the video that Dorman tells officers that he isn't trying to hurt anyone. He just killed his three sons. Yet he tells officers he isn't trying to hurt anyone. He also tells them he's completely sober and that he's never done drugs in his life. And then he also repeats that he isn't trying to hurt the officers. And then he yells for the barking dog to go inside. Now it's less audible what the mother is saying in the body cam footage. So let me kind of clear it up for you. The mother screams, they're dead, aren't they? What do I do? Then after a little bit, she's crying loudly and she screams, he took my life from me. They're so little. Okay, I know all of that was so heavy. This is just such a heavy case out of Ohio. But I'm going to tell you where is Dorman now and what are his charges. So Dorman was in court on Friday, where the charges against him were read in full. Well, a grand jury on Thursday, they had indicted him on nine counts of aggravated murder, eight counts of kidnapping, and four counts of felonious assault. Dorman could face the death penalty in this case. And there's a whole bunch wrapped up in those charges. And I'm sure time will explain why the Claremont County Prosecutor Mark Tacove has elevated the charges to this many counts. Tacove did tell WLWT that his goal is to have Dorman executed for slaughtering the three young boys. He also said the deaths were an incomprehensible act of horror that Dorman perpetrated on his family. Now, during the indictment arraignment on Friday, Dorman was asked by the judge whether he understood the charges against him. He responded affirmatively as each charge was read, but then he remained quiet during the rest of the proceedings. And Dorman's defense attorney told the judge that Dorman would be pleading not guilty. Now, during a previous bond hearing, Claremont County Prosecutor David Gast claimed Derriman had confessed to the killings and given them a, quote, full admission of guilt, saying the suspect told them he had planned the events of this day for some time. Now, Derriman's father, Keith, told the New York Post that his son, quote, just snapped. 
He said the following, there was something going on in his life that he couldn't handle no more. I can't talk to him. They aren't letting me talk to him. So I don't have any answers. He probably hid a lot of stuff from me. Okay, just a note here. I found during my research that Dorman's only recorded act of violence was actually against his father. He was charged with choking his father during an argument, but those charges were dropped when Keith didn't show up for the hearings. Now, these slayings happened on June 15th. On June 11th, Dorman posted pictures on social media of him with his three sons, smiling and giving a thumbs up. Dorman is currently being held on a $20 million bond, and that is being reported as the highest bond ever in county history. A preliminary hearing is now set for June 26th. I'll watch this case as it unfolds, and I'll keep you updated. And we're headed right back to Ohio for this next true crime update. 18-year-olds Natalie Martin and Blake Linkus had just graduated from Philo High School in Duncan Hills, Ohio. Blake was a high school football player and wrestler, and Natalie loved softball and soccer. And the two, well, they had dated for nearly three years before breaking up in February of their senior year. But in small-town America, like Duncan Falls, where the high school is located, your group of friends are your group of friends. So even if you aren't dating anymore... These are the people you're going to hang out with. So in a celebration of their graduation, a few of those friends headed out on a graduation trip to Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. The trip was going just smooth, going along well, until Natalie and Blake had a fight over Natalie texting another guy. All right, on the next day, the group carried on with their plans and they were going to go out for the night. And early on in the night, Natalie started to feel a little bit ill, and so Blake helped Natalie back to the rented vacation home. At about 10.45 on that same night, two more of the friends returned to the rental unit, and they knocked on the front door. After no response from Blake and Natalie, who they assumed were inside the home, they decided to go around back and use the rear entrance. Now, one of those friends heard three loud thuds shortly after entering through the rear entrance. And he inspected the living spaces, and he didn't find anything unusual. He then tried to open the door to the room where he thought Blake and Natalie were sleeping, but it was locked. Now, the remaining friends, they returned to the vacation unit kind of early in the morning hours, and everyone was eventually asleep by 7 that morning. So just a couple of hours later, Blake emerged from the bedroom with what appeared to be a stab wound to his chest, and he's bleeding all over the place, and he's screaming for his friends to help him. He was rapidly repeating the phrase that Natalie wasn't waking up. Now, two of the friends, they rushed into the bedroom where Natalie was lying unresponsive, and they attempted CPR, but according to Natalie's best friend, Brooklyn Farrell, it was too late. She was cold and stiff. And police later arrested Blake for fatally choking his ex-girlfriend. And then they also said that the stab wound to Blake's chest was self-inflicted. Now, Brooklyn told the New York Post that Blake was alone in the locked room with her dead best friend for hours. She also said Blake was known for his temper, but she never expected him to be capable of murder. In fact, It was that temper that caused the end of the high school romance. Blake allegedly assaulted Natalie in front of her group of friends. And according to Brooklyn, he grabbed her and he threw her across the room. 
She also said Blake tried to make amends and he apologized repeatedly to Natalie. He would often send texts that Natalie would not respond to. And Brooklyn and Natalie worked at a local daycare together. And while speaking at Natalie's funeral, Brooklyn said the death has been devastating for the small community. She said she loved children and she was sweet and funny. She was remembered for her love of hunting and fishing and that she could wrangle snakes and gut and skin a deer better than most grown men. Now Blake was arrested on one count of murder and is being held without bond in the J. Reuben Long Detention Center in South Carolina. All right, let's complete the Ohio trifecta today, this time in Cleveland, where 31-year-old Crystal Candelario has been charged with murdering her 16-month-old daughter, Jaylynn. It was Crystal who actually called the police saying her child was unresponsive. When the first responders arrived, they pronounced the toddler dead at the scene, but there were no signs of trauma. So how did Jaylynn die? Well, the mother admitted to law enforcement that she had left Jaylynn home alone for eight days while she traveled to Michigan and Puerto Rico. First responders said they found Jaylynn's playpen filled with soiled blankets and that the bottom liner was saturated with urine and feces. According to WKYC, it wasn't the first time that Crystal had left her child for days at a time. But previously, she had asked for help from the neighbors. The outlet reported that one neighbor would watch Jaylynn for days, and Crystal would go days and sometimes weeks without contacting them while she was watching little Jaylynn. And one 13-year-old that would babysit for Crystal said that the baby was adorable and that she didn't deserve what happened to her. Now, Crystal was employed at a Cleveland elementary school as a substitute teacher. Following their arrest, the Citizens Academy Glenville released a statement saying her employment was terminated effective immediately. Crystal is being held on a $1 million bond, and the medical examiner has yet to release the cause of death for Jaylynn. Crystal's next court date is set for June 28th. Well, that's your Monday, Ohio edition of Rise in Crime. And I know this was a heavy one. Maybe take a moment to think of those young children who were brutally murdered in today's episode. Thanks for joining me for these crime news updates. Check in with me on YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok. And you can join me again on Thursday for more morning crime news. I'm Mama Jules, and keep safe out there. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.